I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Oh, welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Another loss. Three losses in a row. But Nikola Jokic. Something else. He, it, like, he's one of the most polarizing players in the league, and... My wife was watching the game with me some tonight. She's doing different Christmas gift stuff. And she was just looking here and there at the at the TV. And uh, she looked at the screen when <laughs> Jokic was on there. And uh, Jokic obviously does not look like uh, some of the other players. He has a little bit more meat on his body. And she's like, who is this guy? I'm like, it's crazy. But you might think it's wild. But... This dude's like a top 20 player in the entire league. Like, he's one of the best NBA players in the league. And she's like, no way. He's one of the most <laughs> skilled players, for sure. It's um, it's it's quite remarkable just watching this. I, I just, I, I never know how to feel about him. Like, you, the the stats, advanced stats, and all the stuff back him up. You see him play. But it's like, every when you just see him go up and down the court, you're like, there's no way that I can put him as one of the best players in the league. But then all the stats, and then he puts up numbers, then I'm like, well, crap, I have to. Like, it's literally the inner battle of how you feel about him. And I just don't – he's he's so polarizing to me. Do you remember Jared Lorenzen? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> the, quarterback quarterback. For the, the quarterback he used to play for the Giants. And he was like this really fat quarterback, and it just looked so odd. But he would do things, and it would be good. And he wasn't that great of a quarterback, but he would come in and be this – you know, anomaly, and he just didn't look the part. He just didn't look like he could go out there and, and do things, and they would go out there and do things. And that's kind of what Jokic is right now in this NBA. Maybe 20 <laughs> years ago, Jokic would go out there and everybody would be like, oh, yeah, it's another NBA player. But now I mean, he, just the he, teams are so different. Players are so different. Their conditioning is different. They're just – Luka came in, and he was a little overweight, and people are like, oh, he's fat. <laughs> this is a different standard now. When, one of my favorite players, just because I grew up an NBA just junkie with my dad, and one of my favorite players when I was smaller that I used to love watching tape on and was Arvidas Sabonis. And, and I just, I loved Arvidas. And my dad and I used to tell each other, he's not your Arvidas, he's not my Arvidas, he's Arvidas, Arvidas Sabonis. <laughs> like, we literally, we we still say that to, to this day. Like, yeah. we joke to each other about it. And I just loved him. And he came over into the league when he was, like, in his 30s, like, early 30s, yeah. mid-30s. And we didn't get to see, like, prime Arvidas Sabonis. But Jokic is, like, the second coming of him in my, yeah. like, the, like, the closest thing Even though to his own he, son is in the NBA and you hate him. Yes. But he's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate him. I, I do like him. I just like Miles Turner more. Um, but, no, like, yeah, it, it's just... He's the closest thing I think I've seen to him. Um, that's that's the, like the only comp that I can really think of Jokic. But I, he's like a slow Bill Walton. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's kind of the closest you can get in that way. Yeah, he's like uh, multiple back injuries, Bill Walton. 
um, but no, yeah, I mean, Jokic's just he's unreal, and he proved it again tonight against pretty much anybody the Mavericks threw against him. Yeah, the Mavericks didn't have any didn't have any options except for okay. Well, let's let's reset. We'll talk about the uh, today. We're going to talk about the Mavericks one hundred eighteen to one hundred twenty six loss to the Denver Nuggets. Like Isaac said, they're third in a row. They uh, the Mavericks without playing went from ninth back up to seventh, and now they have fallen back to ninth again with the loss. Um, they are right behind Sacramento, Memphis, the Clippers at six, Portland. The Lakers, the Thunder at three, Golden State at two, and Denver sticking up there at number one at 21 and nine. That's the the difference between where Dallas is and where Denver is currently is five and a half games. It's wild. It's crazy. That's the difference between nine and one. That's that's how close it is so far, and we're uh, about 30 games into the season for pretty much everybody. That's wild that we pretty much have around 50 games left. Yeah, wow. That is wild. We're about 10 more games. I hope that there's more than 50 games left in the season, Isaac. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, well, yes. At least seven more. It's crazy when you think about it this way. uh, In a couple of weeks, uh, or around 10 more games, we'll be halfway through the season. Yeah, it's coming. Through Christmas and then after New Year's, we're, we're about to be there. That's incredible. Yeah, and uh, all-star voting is going to open in, on Christmas Day, and that's that's coming, man. The season is flying by. Players are allowed to be traded now. We'll have, we're have we going to have a lot of podcasts about players that can be traded and trade targets, and that's one thing we're going to be working on. You know, Over Christmas break, we'll do some pods on that, and uh, we're really going to be focused on that this year. Not so much draft. Like <laughs> Last year, I think we started our draft coverage right now. Oh gosh, yes. Even Rick Carlisle the other day was talking about when he first saw Luka Doncic, and he uh, he said he said something along the lines of I'm paraphrasing that uh, I had time. I started watching prospects earlier than normal, um, <laughs> and uh, he had saw had seen him earlier. So, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, how we did like draft profiles and stuff past uh, two years, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, two years on the pod of draft profiles, uh, we're going to focus a lot on. Uh, since we probably we won't have our pick this coming uh, year, we're gonna focus a lot on free agent targets and trade targets. Definitely. So, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's get into this game. All right, Isaac. So, the Mavericks lost, but the Mavericks lost, and they shot forty six percent from the field. Most of the game, they're shooting over fifty percent from the field. They also shot uh, 15 to 37 from three. A lot of those were late trying to just throw up shots. They're 40%. They were a lot better than that during the game. I think at halftime they were shooting 55% or something crazy like that. And just it seemed like everything was going in for both teams. And it just it, this game seemed like it came down to who could make a run you know, last pretty much or who could make the biggest run or who could not respond with a shot. And Denver just had, Denver just had more going, and they had – they had the player that the Mavericks didn't have an answer for. Yeah. Do you get more frustrated in losses that you feel like you played very well or losses that you just get blown out in? I think more the the blown out ones. Yeah. <clears throat> just because, like, like, I get frustrated in both of them because I look at this one, and really when I look at this stat line, 
like just the box score of the Mavericks box score, um, with the exception of Dennis being out, everything on this box score is how I would picture like a not really a perfect, but a round of what I would expect on the team. I mean, down Yeah, like, like if you I, saw this box score without the score, you'd think the Mavericks would win. Yes, and I and like at the beginning of the season, if you show me this box score, I would have said this is exactly how I would view this team. Harrison Barnes leading the team in scoring, or 30 points, you know, not 30, but like leading the team in scoring. Luca right behind him at 23 points. DeAndre Jordan, a double-double, 11 points, 12 boards, nothing you know, too crazy on each side. Wesley Matthews, 14 points, 4 for 5 from 3. Like, like all, of, all of that just adds up, you know, like, you know, Dennis is obviously not in that equation right there, but this offensively, this was an, an like an incredible game by them. Like eight turnovers. That's awesome. It's amazing. Forty percent from three pointers. That's awesome. Twenty six assists. That's amazing. Like offense wise, they played a remarkable game. I I, I just in like Luca had some big big shot. Well, into the last few minutes that we'll talk about, yeah. but the last like five minutes of fourth, but. Like just a, as a whole, I I really really liked what they looked like offensively, and it just sucks that you just get frustrating. Like how 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 did we lose this game? But it's just like you said, uh, the other team had a player we just couldn't answer, and uh, really a player, and then almost like a player and a half uh, because Jamal Murray kind of turned in that in the fourth quarter. Um, but but they just yeah, I mean there was hardly any defense played this whole game by either team. But both teams played well and shot the ball well. Yeah, if you can't guard a center or a point guard in the NBA right now, I'm not really sure what you're doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you kind of need to guard both of those positions right now. Um, we also got some Nick Young swaggy P minutes. Oh, honestly, forgot I even checked into the game. Uh, Trey Lyles turned into prime Dirk there for a couple minutes. Scored, scored 16 points. All it seemed like in the same two minute stretch. I tweeted out the quote from Mark Followell that said, "Like Trey Lyles had just hit his third three of the game, third three in a row of, of the game," and he's like, "Oh, Trey Lyles has missed his last 17 three yeah. point shot attempts, and now he's hit three in a row." I'm like, is if this does not, if that sentence does not define. Uh, Maverick opponent role players, uh, I do not know what does because it feels like, and I know we're biased because we watch every single minute of the Maverick season and we talk about it and do podcasts every day. Um, we feel like, as Mavs people, yeah. as people who do pods about the Mavs, we feel like there's always a role player on the opposing team that just decides to say, hey, I'm going to be the Mavs killer today and uh, they're going to be that guy. And tonight, um, Trey Lyles for that stretch uh, was that guy. Yeah, he was a little X factor off the bench, uh, but they had a they had another X factor off the bench in Monte Morris. It seemed as I He's mean, great, I, man. I think at the beginning of the season, I downed the Nuggets depth, <laughs> and now I'm looking at this Nuggets team and saying, "Dang, this is a super deep team." Because Isaac Harris, they were without Paul yep. Millsap, Gary Harris, who are both very good players. Paul Millsap was an All Star, obviously in the East, but still a very good player. Gary Harris, upcoming good young player. They were without both those guys. Will Barton, who was going to be their starting three, who is a six-man of the year kind of candidate person. They were without Isaiah Thomas still. They were without uh, Michael Porter Jr. still, who is not that neither have played so far this season. I mean, this team, when if they get all those guys back at the same time, this is going to be a 
a really deep team. I mean, when you look at when you look at it that way, they ran a um, an eight man rotation, and Trey Lyles, Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, and Torrey Craig um, was you know four of those <laughs> four of those eight players. Yeah. You could even throw Plumlee and Her- I'm being generous to Plumlee and Hernan Gomez to that too. Um, it, it's just. You can look at it that way and be like, man, that's really frustrating that Dallas couldn't beat this Denver team um, that had is missing all his guys. Millsap and Gary Harris is huge for them. That Will Barton's huge too. I mean, they're missing three starters. Will Barton's are starting three, so uh, they're pretty much missing their two, three, and four. Just um, wild. This team. Yeah, I mean, they they're also amazing at home. <laughs> it's it's almost like yeah. the Mavericks. How good they are at home. I think they were. Um, what are they? Twelve and three. Now they're thirteen and three at home. It's almost exactly the same as the Mavericks record at home before the uh, the Sacramento loss. <laughs> and so. they started uh, they started Hernan Gomez, uh, which is like the six ten forward at the three. And I, w- I was really intriguing how they were going to run these uh, matchups because you know they started Plumlee with Jokic, so it's th- so they put DeAndre and Jokic, they put Harrison Barnes on Plumlee, yeah, and then uh, you know Hernan Gomez guarded Wes, and it, it was just a yeah. It, you just, I don't know. I kind of went into, I know Denver is the best team in the West by the record and by records right now. But I was like, you know what? I think this is a game Dallas is going to grab. And they, I thought they played really well. It's just, they just, I mean, they just sucked on defense. I mean, there's no no other way around it. Yeah. And we have to, I mean, if we're going to talk about it, we have to point the finger at one of the biggest culprits. Uh, he was minus 27 for the game, Dwight Powell. He just, he just, he just could not guard Nikola Jokic to save his life. Well, it was weird because, you know, so the bench unit, it's it's kind of come full circle now because the bench unit at the beginning of the season was the story. The starters um, didn't have the chemistry. They weren't playing well together. Their plus not minus numbers reflected that and all this stuff. The bench unit was this cohesive unit that we praise and says the best bench unit in the league. Their numbers back that up and all this stuff spearheaded by J.J. Barrett. Well, now it's just kind of like now like the bench is like what hurt the Mavericks in, in tonight's game. But it was weird because Denver couldn't pull off their full rotations because they were so shorthanded. So what you found was... Uh, Dwight Powell having the second unit going against Jokic and some of the starters of Denver and some Mavericks fans were like, man, come on. Why, why are we not playing our starters? And uh, it's like you, you reply. I think I was tagged in that tweet, but, or something I saw your reply and you're like, well, they can't play all the starters 38 plus minutes. Um, They got to put their bench in and it's not like our bench is bad. They want, you know, our bench has been uh, pretty good, but I mean, JJ Barea was minus 14, Powell minus 27, Devin minus 14. So, uh, Dorian was a minus one. Here's my question about the bench. Even, even, let's not even talk about Dirk real quick. Let's just imagine Maxi's in there. The bench unit is so dependent on the playmaking of JJ Barea. That's what makes this bench unit kind of come back down to um, and go back down to the mean because it, it's not like Dorian and Dwight Powell. They're not creating shots on their own. They're no. great role players of what they do best. Maxi Maxi's not going to really create a shot. You're not going to throw it to him. He does his post. pump and drive into the lane kind of thing. Yeah, he does that once a game maybe. Yeah. Yes. Every now and then. But for the most part, 
he's revitalized his shot or re- he changed up his shot so he can be this knockdown set shot shooter. <laughs> well, he tried. No, you, know that, you know that before your uh, before your article, he's shooting like thirty three percent from three, and since he's yes. been shooting twenty five percent. Oh gosh, <laughs> my my article has a cur- curses now. <laughs> the ringer curse, and now it's the uh, what if there's maps dot com curse. Oh gosh, well I have a new article coming out very soon, and uh, if that curse happens, then uh, oh no. Well, um, you can but- argue that both of those players are already cursed. Because <laughs> one of them was over four from the field, and one of them is currently not playing. So. Um. So, but anyway, over four from three. Sorry. So, like, here's here's the thing with that second unit is if JJ Bray is off, or if he's for some reason hurt, who in the world is scoring with the second unit when you have all the role players? Like, they don't have a Jamal Crawford type, and I just use him as an example. They don't have a Lou Williams type. J.J. Bray is that. So it's like if something's up with him, then that throws the whole second unit off. Um, that's why I think you see him throwing somebody in, like, in, in there like a Wes. That's why when we talk about a potential switch between Dorian and Wes, Dorian would take this you know set um, structure that he has as a player and put that into a two spot, allowing Wesley to really – I want to say showcase because um, really allowing Wesley to uh, do his thing offensively with the second unit that lacks that scoring and, you know, punch that whatever it is. So it basically a second unit. We know JJ Bray is the head of snake, but when he's off, like the whole second unit is off. Yeah. It's all dependent on JJ for the most part. Yeah. And that's why on Monday I said that he's the Mavs most important player beside, you know, Luca obviously is is super integral to the Mavericks' success, but I think JJ Brea might be more so. They are very they very dependent on this bench unit being good, and when he's not, and JJ Brea came out and he was he was fine when he first came out. He hit a shot, and you're like, oh, JJ's back. It looks like he hasn't missed a beat. And then as the game went on, he just looked worse and worse. He finished four of eleven. Uh, he had four rebounds and five assists, but he missed that layup. You know, at the you know right at the cup. And he was minus fourteen for the game, and it just didn't. It, he he has to be really good. <laughs> he can't just be you know fine coming out there. Yeah, and you know a lot of this is going to. Um, you don't want to put a lot of weight on Dirk, but if Dirk can be like kind of what he was last year or two years ago, as far as offensively, if he can like get you a bucket in the post or be able to get you like ten points off the bench or something like that, that would be huge for the second unit. It's just. <clears throat> I saw people and I shot this tweet today. I, I've just I've seen. Uh, for, okay, so I'm at, on the Mavs Twitter account. They tweeted out my my weekly piece today, and uh, it comes out every Monday. And it's a picture of Dirk and Luca, and the tweet simply like, "Hey, the legends back. All is good." So I clicked on it. it. Had a lot of interaction, and I was going down through the replies. And there's so many people saying, "Wait, are you sure all is good? We're owing two with Dirk. Owing two with Dirk. Well, Dirk. Ever since Dirk's back, we're owing two. All yeah. this different stuff. Fans are blaming. I saw a bunch of fans blaming the owing two uh, since Dirk, and now Dirk's been back, and uh, they you know gives them more ammunition. Oh, it's owing three. Guys, I'm sorry to break it to you. But Dirk playing seven minutes tonight is not the reason why Denver lost. I mean, why Dallas lost this game. Yeah, um, but Isaac, Isaac, they lost by eight, and Dirk was a minus nine. Stop. <laughs> uh, Dirk playing six minutes against the Suns the other night is not the reason why they lost that game to the Suns. Like, don't, don't, don't. I can't. I, don't give me that. But can you admit though that it does throw a wrench in the rhythm of the second unit? 
how, how much though? That's that's the thing. Like, yeah, it, well, that depends on how much you think basketball is this idea of you have momentum or you have cohesion or chemistry as a second unit, and it it goes like game to game. I mean, know? it obviously is going to take adjustment. And Dirk is, I mean, what you expect him to look like at at forty years old. That's what he looks like right now. He's not moving great. I mean, that he's forty. He's a seven foot forty year old. So like, we this is what we expect. Like he looks like I would expect him to. Like, this is just part of it. But can I blame a loss on somebody who plays six minutes? Does him playing six minutes or seven minutes of time throw that much off? I I don't think – I don't believe that. That's why I'm saying, like, the roles and stuff of, like, you know, is it – yeah, do I think they need to figure out how to play Maxi? Absolutely. Do they yeah. need to swap out Maxi and Dwight sometimes? Absolutely. There's a lot um, of people that were were tweeting tonight that he was kind of the one. Maxi was one of the one players on the Mavs roster that you would be like, "Hey, go go guard Jokic right now and see what you can do." Yes, I, we, I would have loved to seen that tonight. That would have been uh, awesome to see. Uh, but you know that that's why I didn't really blame him a ton towards the end. And you, you know you're bad. Um, you know you're a bad backup center when you get benched. Well, I shouldn't say bad. Uh, Dwight Powell's not bad anymore. Um, limited. You're a limited. Backup yes. Center. Yes. I didn't mean to say bad, but you like Dwight got benched for Dorian, and they put, literally went to Dorian at the five instead of Dwight uh, there towards the end of the game, and they Man, went super small. You can tell how much of a beast Jokic is down low when you see how wide Dorian's feet had to go for him to like try to <laughs> stop these, you know, tr- Hold try to ground. thwart the back down when, when Jokic is throwing his shoulder into him and like backing him down in the post. Dorian's legs are like, he's almost doing the splits. <laughs> so wide, trying yes. to keep that wide base. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, Isaac and I are going to tell you the answer. What what the answer is to these losing woes and how the Mavericks can combat that in their next game against the Clippers. All right, Isaac. The answer for the Mavericks is what brought them back into the game. I mean, at 9 minutes, 34 seconds left in the game, the Mavericks are down by, I think, 107 to – I think they're down by 10. 107 to 97. Luca comes in. He scores immediately. DeAndre gets a dunk in transition. Then uh, Luca gets a, transi- a floater in transition. And then DeAndre fouls out. But the Mavericks were within four at that point. And uh, then you get Her- Luca to Harrison Barnes. And then you get Harrison Barnes a good step through drive because Luca was pulling the defense away. And then the Mavs are with like all of a sudden within you know three points or or they're you know within five or so points. And you're like. Man, Luca comes in and he just makes things happen. And the ball needs to get in, in Luca's hands. And when he's out there, he makes things easier on Harrison Barnes. And he makes things easier on, on all the other players. And Antonio Daniels said it after the games that he needs to be the man. He needs to be the guy that the ball goes through every single time. Harrison Barnes wow. had some really good stuff. He did some really good stuff tonight. But uh, but Luca needs to get the ball all the other times. <laughs> Can't Which be going wild. to West with a post up. Is this just breaking news to Lockdown Mavericks podcast? Gosh. Uh, if you have been listening to this podcast, what All what season. is the, what is the spill that we've been saying? When it's and I use five minutes, but you could go farther. But I use five as a realistic spot. When it's five minutes in a close game in the fourth quarter, give it to Luka Doncic every single time at the top of the key and run a pick and roll and let him 
do something. Let him make the decision, whether it's to score or pass or whatever it is. He had some incredible passes tonight. Like passes that didn't even, some of them didn't even result in like a shot or something. Like I've never made a, 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 a gift of a pass that didn't result in a, in a shot. <laughs> but like I did tonight just because it's just incredible. Some of the passes that he's making, but it felt it's like just, every pass he made was across the court too. It was like yes. from one side of the court all the way to the other side. And like, yeah, some of his passes to like the, to DeAndre of rolling and Dwight, like <laughs> they're just crazy, but it's just like, we, we rant about this a lot on this podcast about how Luca is their best player at 19 years old already. The offense should roll through him um, right now, especially when Dennis is out, the offense should roll through him late. And like, this is his thing. Like, this is what makes us frustrated when the cl- <clears throat> when the game's close and it's the end of the fourth quarter, the last half of the fourth. There's no reason why the ball shouldn't be going through Lucas' hands every single time. And it was uh, it was a moment for us tweeting and stuff when the game went it ended. It goes right to the Fox Sports Southwest like you know post game thing, and it's Daniel Larson and said, "What up, said." Um, <laughs> said says ready. check the Twitter. Said says episode number four. <laughs> he's he's re- he was ready tonight. He was ready. Um, and then they had Antonio Daniels, <clears throat> and like they went in, they went in exactly. I felt like they're on Lockdown Mavericks podcast. Um, they went in straight in about how Luca didn't touch the ball, nothing. The, it didn't go through Luca uh, so much towards the end. And they in uh, AD even stressed that, and it's what we stress all the time. It's not that he has to shoot the ball every time at the end. It's that let him make that decision to create and find an open man. That's what we like. That's what they got to get to. It, it's yeah. But I don't want to take nothing away for Harrison Martin. Harrison Martin's played an incredible night. He shot 10 for 16, 5 for 8 from 3. Like, Harrison Martin's was awesome tonight. I mean, 30 points. They're not even close to this game if he doesn't put up 30. And uh, he shot the lights out. And I I mean, you know I'm always going back Harrison Martin's. Exactly. But, but Harrison Martin's is a finisher. We've talked about these, these different types of players before. Harrison Martin's is a finisher. He will, you know... Take one of Lucas' passes, drive into the lane, and get a bucket. He will take the spot-up shot. He will you know, do his little iso thing and take these mid-range shots that he doesn't do as much anymore, but he's a finisher of plays. Luca is a creator of plays. Yes. He is your playmaking guy that can you know, get things moving and get stuff happening and get stuff for Harrison Barnes. Lucas, who you throw... You want the ball in Lucas' hands with like 18 seconds to go on the shot clock. You yes. throw it to Harrison when there's like eight seconds or 10 seconds left. Yes, yeah, yeah. And hopefully at that point, Luca has made has given him a better <laughs> shot and put yes. him in a better position. Um, man. So uh, we talked about Luca. He was 5 of 15 from the floor. He shot 33%. Uh, but he got to the line. He shot 12 free throws. He was 10 of 12 from the free throw line. That was massive. That kept him in the game too. He had 12 assists. Was this his highest assist game? I think so because he had he tied it with nine a while back. I think so, and I think I also saw that this is you know fifth game or so with uh, six assists or more. Hmm. I'm gonna look that up right now, so I'm not completely talking out of my butt. But that's a lot of assists. (laughs) We got a lot of point Luca tonight. Even with Brunson on the floor, it felt like the ball was in Luca's hands to try to make a play. And which which, what makes it so weird when they just completely go away from it at the (laughs) at the end of the game and give you know. Uh, we're, I mean, we're going to poke fun and, and uh, come at Wes a lot, but those little post-ups, when he you get completely blocked when Jamal Murray is guarding you, these are just – they're not the not the plays that the Mavs need to be running. And, and it's frustrating because um, 
you know, West was four or five from three tonight. He was. And, it's a ten percent game again. It's another ten percent game. If you haven't watched my video on YouTube, go. Why? Why Mavs fans are so mad at West Matthews on my my YouTube channel, Nick Van Exit. I explain exactly why Mavs fans get so upset at West is these these one plays, these ten percent of his plays, the ten percent of the things that he does on a basketball court are just crazy. And you're like, why did you do that? Why did you make that decision? How did you not get that? How did you know? How did? Why did you make that shot? That last three that he took too. He was like coming around a corner. He he got the ball and his back was facing the basket at the three point line. He turned around completely around to take the three. I mean, it's it's plays like that that make you just frustrated. It, it seems like those ten percent plays always happen at the end of the game. Exactly, and it's the the post up in which Jamal Murray just smashed it right down his face. That shot attempt, he kind of got bailed out too on that drive, and he tried to kick it out to Barnes, but it was just like a way off. And Murray stepped on the line, and uh, they got you know when Murray stole it, and the ball went to straight to Murray, and he kind of stepped on the line by accident. That was going to be like three possessions in which oh fans were so mad, and it's just it's the recency thing. Like fans get mad because um, we forget the four threes before that, but it's those plays late, the ten percent plays that um, it just puts an emphasis on that. And it the the thing with the post up is even though he has some uh, synergy in these numbers, you know he he's been effective in the post. In the fourth, we want the ball to go through Luka Doncic, yes. and um, it, it's just it's just one of those things. And but yeah, it was frustrating. Definitely frustrating. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, he 11 points, 12 boards, like you said. He fouled out of this game. Luke, Luka took blame for the foul for, for DeAndre's sixth foul at the end, which was uh, which is good to see. You know, young player kind of. It, it was Luka's take- fault. Luka, Luka didn't let. It. I mean, this is a thing you learn in little league and um, um, and really going up through organized ball. When you when you're the ball handler, a lot of people watching basketball. Well, um, some people that maybe didn't play or they just don't know the game that well, they'll look at a moving screen and always think it's the screener's fault. Yeah. But like a part of uh, the game is when you're like, you're taught like as the ball handler, you got to wait. Like you can't set up the guy uh, for the foul. If he's running and set you a pick, you got to wait for him to set the pick and then you go yeah. or else you're just setting your teammate up for a foul because he's already moving and you run your own defender into him. That's what Luca did. Now, Deandre grabbed the dude's arm too, but, and that's why Luca took blame, which that's a smart because it was, um, but I I think I thought DeAndre played decently well tonight. Don't look at Jokic at 32 points and be like, oh my gosh, he got torched. But uh, Jokic, <clears throat> we saw he's going to do that against most. Well, people. DeAndre didn't guard Jokic that much. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I, I didn't think he like I didn't think DeAndre's had worse games than tonight. Definitely, definitely. Uh, before we go, could we get any minutes for Salah? Could Salah just go in there? He has six fouls. Can he just go in and? Try to mess up Jokic and mess with his head. That that's what players like Salah are for. Yes, I when when Dwight Powell was getting um, torched. Um, yes, he was getting torched on the post. Um, I don't know how many times. Um, that's why I was like, man, you gotta put you gotta put Salah in and just just try it. I mean, just what's try something else because it's not yes. working. Dorian Finney Smith's not the answer, and it, I don't know. I'm just can I'm just. It's interesting that Salah just doesn't play anymore. Yes, um, is has he turned into Luca's cheerleader? And yeah, is um, that the only reason why he's back? And we we speculated about that at the the middle of the season. Could 
could Sawa be the you know Dorian Finney Smith to Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> yeah, and they have they have lockers and they have lockers beside each other. Yeah, you know when <clears throat> when Harrison came in, um, when when Harrison signed with the Mavericks, uh, they put his locker beside Dirk's, and he has a locker still beside Dirk's. Um, when Dennis came in, they put Dennis's locker beside Harrison, and Dennis has a locker beside Harrison and Dorian Finney Smith. And it's like the way the lockers in the room set up, it's, you know, Dirk, Harrison, Dennis, and then Dodo's on the other side of Dennis stuff. But, well, Luca isn't on that side. Luca isn't on uh, on that side with the other guys, which is great for media-wise because it just gets crowded and all this stuff after game. Yeah. Luca's on um, <clears throat> kind of uh, one of the sides, uh, but he's sandwiched in between Jalen Brunson and Salah. And, uh, but he's right next to Salah. They've obviously played together before at Real Madrid and have all that connection and all this different stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're always joking between each other. And uh, Salo's, I mean, a blast. We love having him around. He's, he's hilarious. Um, but I know even back last year, uh, I did a story when I was still at Fansided. <laughs> I did a, a story with him on how he was frustrated, you know, how he wasn't getting playing time last year. And um, how it was just like hard to be ready. And one game he plays and another game he doesn't stuff. So I wonder how that is now, and I wonder how what his situation will look like um, post trade deadline because it's not like Salah is a um, it's not like he's a young guy. It's not like he's Ray Spalding, you know. He is he's over thirty years old uh, on a minimum deal for, for the most part, and but Salah is one of those guys that, that like I, if I'm in the playoffs, I want him on my team. I want to I want to battle with him. I want to go to battle uh, with a guy like Salah that uh can get dirty and um stuff like that, but yeah, I wonder I wonder what that will look like post trade deadline, especially if a team you find a team like uh the Lakers or something, let's say Tyson Chandler goes to, you know, like something like that or yeah. a team that needs a rim protecting guy off the bench or something, they're like, man, it's all, you know, Salah's just stashed on the bench. Like he could help out a team. I'm still, I'm a believer in Salah's talent. I think he could play. Agreed. Agreed. I wish you could have just got, you know, some minutes for him there. Uh, just, you know, just to try something else on Jokic because just nothing seemed to be working. Um, man, Jokic 32 and 16. Also, I want to end with this. Jokic's second jump and what makes him so good at getting like rebounds uh, he had six offensive rebounds tonight. What makes him so good at getting those those extra rebounds and, put, and putbacks and things is that he doesn't jump on any of his shots. He does these little baby hooks, and he doesn't leave the ground. And so when the rebound is ready, he's able to jump so much faster than everyone else because he does not jump the first time. Where yeah, everyone so it's else, not a second jump. It's yeah. a first jump. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's still technically called the second jump because it's the reaction to the ball coming off the rim or you know a, a <laughs> defensive rebound or something. It's, so anyway, that was my observation on Jokic. All right, we'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got a lot more stuff. The Mavericks play next. Man, they play. I know they play the Clippers next on Thursday. 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 Yep. So we got uh we got a full day on Wednesday to go through, and then Thursday and DeAndre Jordan back in Staples Center. Back in Staples, guys. It's less than a week until Christmas. Santa comes in less than a week, guys. Wow, that's wild. So, uh, some of you right now are listening to the podcast, and you're like, don't tell me. I haven't finished my Christmas shopping. Uh, you need to go finish it. Go finish. <laughs> yes, yes. All those Pay for all the expedited shipping. 
<laughs> yes. I wonder how much uh, money is made through shipping costs. Just expedited. Just the expedited part. Gosh, it's unreal. So, all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.